Welcome to the first episode of the Cape Cod Pod. This is Jeff Ponce, a member of the Prospect team here. Alongside me, my co-host on this adventure throughout the summer, is going to be one of our lead college writers and analysts. That would be Peter Flaherty. Pete, how are you, man? How's it going? Man, I this is, I, I think, our favorite time of the year, both because of the Cape League getting underway and then also all of the college action between the Super Regionals and, and the College World Series starting up. So even after the college season's done, I'm really excited to, to talk through all what's going on on the Cape League week to week with you. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we'll focus on on this, this show. We'll be like weekly, you know, coming here, talking a little bit about what's going on in the league, players that have been impressive uh, from a week to week basis and As the season rolls along, we'll probably talk a little bit about the playoff chase, MVP chase, who the best prospects are for the next draft, being the 2024 uh, class. And there'll be some 2025s mixed in as well. Um, So, you know, we'll try to cover sort of the whole gambit. This episode, I think we should just preview it. We got real caught up with the dates of the regionals, the Cape Cod League starting back at the old date, which is the 10th. I think it's been at least maybe three or four years since they've started that early. Uh, I could be mistaken there. And, you know, we got uh, the top 30 system updates going out. And uh, I have three East teams in season. So I had a majority of the of the East to write an update. So uh, bad timing. So we didn't get like written uh, previews out. But I feel like we can kind of accomplish the same task here as well. Um, I have not been as locked into the college game this year as I have been, we'll say the last two or three years. Um, you're very locked into it. It's what you do every day. It is, in fact, your job. So <laughs> I'm going to lean on you heavily uh, here with the Cape League and some of the players because I'll learn who they are over the next couple of weeks. I'll get a much better feel for who's out there, who's coming, who's exciting, who isn't. Um, but you've been working on that. You've been you know, in the weeds on that stuff for months now. And uh, this is kind of the culmination of it, of, uh, you know, Super Regionals, you get College World Series, you'll be there in Omaha, I'll be here on the Cape for a week or so while that's going on, and uh, we'll just keep rolling, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. But I think the goal here is to go through all 10 teams um, and just maybe talk about a player, maybe two, if you're so enlightened, that you feel, number one, is incredibly talented and a name that folks tuning into the Cape league, because they can now do that actually on D one baseball, they're going to be broadcasting all the games for the first time. There'll be a centralized place where you can go and watch all the broadcasts other than kind of going to the individual team broadcasts. I don't know if there's going to be a step up in terms of like broadcast quality, not that they're bad, but just the camera angles less. I have no idea on that sort of thing, but that's kind of interesting news. Allows you to kind of follow along. If you're listening to this podcast and are on the other side of the country, and can't uh, head out to a Cape game during the summer. Sorry for you, uh, because it's a very enjoyable time. Hopefully it's something you get out to at some point in time. But while I'm rambling, this allows us to at least kind of identify some names to follow. Some players, and and the first one is that they have to be good. The second one is we want to find some players here that are going to stick around for a while. So not pre-draft kind of guys though certainly if there's an exciting name on any of these rosters that could be a 2023 draft pick bring them up go ahead um 
But I think the other thing too is we want to find guys that are going to stick around and not national team guys, not draft guys, guys that will be here for the majority, if not all of the summer. And those are typically the players that take the biggest steps forward. You know, when you look back the last couple of years, you have somebody like Chase DeLotter two years ago. You had Spencer Jones, the guy that stuck around for the entire year. We saw his stock really jump. Um, even like Trey Dombrowski from two years ago, we saw his stock jump. I think it's certainly the case when we look back at last year. Uh, Tommy Troy, kind of a known commodity. He was good with Wareham. Uh, he heads over the bridge to Katuit. He's good again. No shock there. But I think Nolan Shaniel was a guy that started to make some headlines while he was on the Cape. Certainly Matt Shaw, who won MVP of the league. He certainly made some headlines. I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn there. Um, and there's others too. I mean, it's 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 not isolated to just one or two players. So um kind of interested to dive into this with you. The first team that we're going to uh, preview here is actually the defending champions of the league. In fact, the second team we're going to preview is the runner-ups in the league. It just so happens that the league went in alphabetical order last year. Um, Bourne Braves, um, this is what, Scott Lander's third year with Bourne, um, made the finals in his first year, wins the title in his second year, has arguably the best player on the Cape in Matt Shaw, um, and didn't even get all the guys. I think he advanced. Honeycutt was a guy that was committed to them that obviously didn't end up playing on the Cape last year. I don't think we're actually ever going to see Vance Honeycutt in the Cape, unfortunately. Um, but that being said, what are we looking at this year with Bourne? Who are the names that are jumping out to you and sort of why? Yeah, so Bourne's got another – I mean, really any team in the Cape League is – depending on your familiarity with the league for those listening um, – there's not really a bad team in the league. Certainly some are better than others, maybe on paper, but when you come down to it and you come and watch a game, there's not, there's not one team or a group of teams that's head and shoulders above the rest. So there's talent throughout and Bourne's no different. A couple of guys that I'm honed in on, I like Kendall Diggs from Arkansas, third baseman. And again, as Jeff said, in the players that I'm going to talk about and we're going to talk about, um, it's going to be non-eligible for the most part, um, non-Team USA type guys. So these are players that you'll be able to keep tabs on for most, if not all, of the summer. Um, so starting off, Kendall Diggs, third baseman out of Arkansas, had a really good season this year for the Hogs. Hit around 300, 12 doubles and 12 home runs. Um, had a knack for coming through in the clutch. He came through with big hits time and time again, a really smooth left-handed stroke. And then I also like, Freshman star catcher out of Coastal Carolina, Caden Bodine. Um, Coastal is a very hitter-friendly ballpark, and they have a long track record of producing really good hitters. And Bodine looks to be not only the next great hitter out of Conway, but the next star hitter out of Conway, potential top one or two-round pick in 2025. He hit 367 this year, 17 doubles, 11 home runs, um, walked, 34 times compared to just 21 strikeouts and he can really swing it from both sides of the plate. So a couple of guys who should bring a very tantalizing power hit combination to Bourne um, this summer. That's no shock. Um, the next question I'm going to ask you regarding Bourne is probably maybe a little bit off the cuff here, um, but I'm interested to find out. Um, 
who's going to be the big born reliever this year? I feel like every single year there is a born reliever, especially over the last two years that, you know, is in contention for, you know, the best reliever in the league award. Of course, that that went to, uh, you know, your buddy on Katuit last year, um, everybody's favorite subby. Um, but I'm wondering who it's going to be because Bourne consistently has like a loaded bullpen. Um, that's been something that when you go to a Bourne game, you know, I've learned to stick around <laughs> for as long as possible because there is a very strong chance that somebody's going to come out of the pen with some serious firepower and could be a guy that's interesting in pro ball. So, you know, who is that? Cause I know that they definitely have some interesting names here. Um, certainly Bryce Cunningham, who's a returning uh, pitcher for them is really interesting. Um, is it Andrew Dukanich? Is that, did I say the name correctly? I know the name. I know the player I've seen him before, but not sure if I just, if I destroyed the, did I destroy the name there? No, it's Dukanich. So I think he got it. Oh, I was, whoo, it was spot on. Um, seen Cade Grundy before. Um, Michael Massey, I think, you know, anybody that's w- watched Wake this year is familiar with him. Um, you know, just kind of naming some names here, but is there anybody, oh, you know, Jack Sullivan, local guy, UConn, is there anybody to you that sort of jumps out as like, yeah, this, this could be the reliever that's going to be like a major dude this year? So in trying to, I might get away from the theme of the full summer guys, just because you never know with pitchers and innings limits, but a guy that immediately jumps off the page is someone that they'll be able to turn to as a lights out guy in the later innings is Michael Massey from Wake Forest, 265 ERA, 69 Ks to just 14 walks and 37 innings. Fastball explodes out of the hand up to 97 with life and, and hop through the strike zone. And then a really a really, really good slider. I think that's a borderline true plus pitch at this point as a secondary offering. So um, not quite sure when Michael is going to show up. It could be the beginning of July with how the Deeks are playing right now. But if he shows up and they get him for most of the summer, if not all of the summer, that is going to be a very, very, very difficult at bat on opposing hitters. And he was lights out against metal this year. Uh, I only think it's going to get better against uh, wood bats. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a good name and definitely somebody that uh, could be a be a big difference maker for sure. Um, so, as you said, it's just a matter of how deep that team goes, um, you know, into uh, into the Super Regionals and then potentially the College World Series. And they got a pretty good shot of that being the case. So interesting. Anybody else on Bourne you want to touch on quickly before we jump to the other division and to the runner-ups and the 2021 champions? So it's diff- it's so difficult with with Cape League with Cape League guys and trying to nail it down to one or two or three players you're excited about because any player you see under contract with any of the ten teams is is an excellent player at their respective colleges. So we could talk through all 35 to 50 guys that are under contract right now, um, and rightfully so. But I think for the sake of keeping it somewhat short, I'll leave it at one to three. But um, <laughs> I, 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 there's really you – can, you can get excited about any player on any of these teams. 
Sure. All right. Let's uh let's jump over to Brewster, Brewster Whitecaps. Um, one of my favorite parks to visit. This is one of the parks in the league that does not have lights in addition to Katuit, Lowell Park. Um, and then of course uh, Red Wilson Field over in Yarmouth, Dennis, Dennis Yarmouth, however you wanna <laughs> you wanna say that. It's Yarmouth Dennis for the team, Dennis Yarmouth for the high school where they play. So um kind of always screws with people when I say Yarmouth Dennis, um, but it's stuck in my head. Um, so it's, I think it's, you know, it's kind of tucked away at like this middle school or whatever. Um, it's a very Cape league park. It's a good field though. I feel like the grass, like actual field quality is pretty good. Um, which is a funny thing to say. It's a very strange, uh, scout section. I wonder if they replaced the, the old rotten bench that was, uh, behind the plate the last couple of years that actually like <laughs> rotted through and was falling apart and had like termites in it. Like, I'm painting a lovely picture, but it's a great place to go get a game and uh, great beaches around there. And one of the more like low key locations, like it's very quiet out there that like when I pull out of the parking lot there, my GPS doesn't even work for about three miles. So you're like, you're out there, you're away from civilization. Um, but one of the best programs in the Cape, they've been consistently successful I would argue they recruit maybe as good as anybody. They always are loaded with pitching, um, have a lot of good hitters. They had Spencer Jones a couple of years back, um, you know, a lot of good players last year as well. Um, but this is uh, Jamie uh, Shivchek's chance to battle back and recapture the championship after losing it last year um, to actually one of his former assistants in born. So, do the Whitecaps have a chance to compete once again? Um, and what players is is Coach uh, Shevchik bringing in? And uh, who's going to be their super talented pitcher this year? Because I feel like every year they have somebody who's just a standout. Without a doubt. And Coach Shevchik does a, an outstanding job both at recruiting and getting the most out of his players on a year-to-year basis. It's always mm-hmm. so tough because in summer ball you have – for the most part, at least in the Cape League, you have a 100% turnover or darn near close to a 100% turnover. So he's having all the success with a brand new group of 30 to 32 guys each summer, which yeah. is a testament to to how 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 well he is able to coach and also a relatability factor with his players. But um, similar to really any summer under Coach Shevchek, the Whitecaps are talented again. I think two hitters I'm really focused on he was a recent addition of the roster. Ike Irish out of Auburn, freshman catcher DH. Just he's he's one of the best pure hitting freshmen I think in the country. Uh, he hit 360 for Auburn this year with 24 doubles. Um, really, uh, I mean he he pummels heaters. 13 percent miss rate against heaters. Um, not a lot of swing and miss to his game. And then also a, a little bit of a sleeper maybe who I think is going to become a known commodity with what he does this summer and then also what he does next year in his draft year is Will Turner out of South Alabama. He's a little bit of a data darling. Um, yeah, super athletic. Really. Oh yeah. Super athletic center fielder plus arm. I uh, can really defend. He had three fifty this year for the Jaguars with 17 doubles and 10 home runs. Very, very above average athlete um can really run i don't want to say that there's five tool upside there but his tool set is very very appealing and i think that he's someone who's really going to blow up on the summer circuit 
Yeah, no, I I uh I totally a hundred percent agree with that one. Um Turner was a guy that I know last year when we were talking about, you know, potential players. I think it's before you even worked at Baseball America of like potential players that could be kind of sneaky um signings in the Cape. I came up with a with like a full list. Um and Will Turner was there, and actually another white cap was there too. Um, Jacob Cozart, who um an interesting draft prospect for 24. He can hit, he can receive. I don't know if he's a team USA guy. I would imagine that he probably is a team USA guy. But you yeah, so Co- Cozart and reliever Dominic Fritton, because when you mentioned the white caps arm of who to of who's going to be their guy on the mound this summer. It was going to be Fritton at NC State. And both him and Cozart got uh, Team USA invites. And now with the way Team USA works, for those listening, they have a training camp, which is almost like a tryout period at the end of June. And then they'll whittle down the 52 or 53-man camp roster to a 26 travel roster that they'll go overseas and play various um, other national teams for – for other countries. So guys will sometimes show up before guys will sometimes show up after guys will sometimes show up before and after, and some won't show up at all. So a team USA invite could mean a lot of things, but if Fritton and Cozart are at all in the Cape, uh, whether it's before or after, whenever it is, they are two must sees for the white caps. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, Really, really interesting there. Yeah, this is an interesting team. Also, Peyton Green, um, another NC State guy. Is he a Team USA guy? Because I know he just entered the portal, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, so not a USA guy. Um, He was playing really well to start the year uh, and then had a little bit of a rough patch and and swung it well to end the year. So a little bit of an up-and-down year for Green. He's going to be one of the more highly touted bats in the portal, I think. Uh, He's a pro defender and shortstop, just – I think getting consistent at bats and and getting getting um, consistent reps at shortstop will be a key for him this summer. Yeah, so he's another name to kind of keep an eye out for. Once again, like I said, every year there are. I find myself looking at a roster like this, and I'm just like super interested in the variety of names that are here. So, is there another arm uh, on Brewster that you look at and you say, "Hey, this guy could stick around because." Granted, he didn't stick for the entire summer last year, but I personally feel like the best pitcher I saw on the Cape last year was Grant Taylor from LSU. Unfortunately, had an injury that kept him off of that great LSU roster. Um, Could be a draft guy this year. Could end up back at school. I've heard conflicting reports there. Previous year, it was Bryce Hubbard. They also had Teddy McGraw for bits and pieces of both seasons. So I tend to, if I'm going to a game and Brewster is going, there tends to be a legitimate pitcher or guys are coming in like Michael Prosecchi, who was a reliever for them in 21 has had a ton of success in pro ball, had others as well. Is there another pitcher here with, with the white caps? We're like, Hey, Jeff, keep an eye on this guy. So there are a few, obviously Fritton is probably my, Fritton's my favorite arm on the roster. I think by a pretty wide margin, um, it's supreme arm talent, really good fastball. Um, but a guy that I think that is going to show and stick similar to Grant Taylor is Austin Gordon out of Clemson. He had a really good year for the Tigers, really good end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, 84 innings. So the innings count is up there. So I don't know if he's going to 
pitch for the whole summer. Um, but 75 Ks over um, 84 innings pitched. Fastball up to 96 will sit comfortably in the low to mid nines. Um, I think his calling card is probably his, his off speed. Um, he spun it really well against Boston College, and that's kind of the outing that um, that really made me a fan of Gordon. He carved through a really good BC team. So I think that he was a guy that after that outing I got excited about both um, to to watch pitch for Clemson and what ended up being their short a short-lived run in the postseason, but also for the Cape because I think that even a guy like him to come out and make a three to four strong starts will really do a lot for his draft stock next year. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's keep it rolling here. We're going to move on to the next one. This is arguably the most famous brand on the Cape, but of late they have not had a tremendous amount of success. I'm of course talking about everybody's favorite uh, summer catch reference. That would be, Chatham anglers insert soup, stupid jokes about local kid, etc. Here, but <laughs> that being said, um, Tom Holiday, obviously a famous baseball family for three generations now. Tom, sort of the patriarch, you know, Matt Holiday, his brother, manager, um, at Oklahoma State. Um, he's got two grandsons now, one Jackson Holiday, who is the number one, number two prospect in baseball. <laughs> He's the highest ranked prospect in the minor league still because Ellie's in the majors. Um, and then we have Ethan Holiday, if I'm not butchering that name, um, who's a 2024. Am I correct there? 2025. He's a 25. Wow, there we go. Um, who's already showing out and seems like he could be a prospect himself. So this is a storied baseball legacy. They've had a lot of Oklahoma State players and players that are transferring into Oklahoma State over the last few years. You know, it's earned the nickname the Oklahoma State Summer Camp, and I don't think that's all that inaccurate. They haven't had the winning records like they've had, um, but they've had talent too. They've had some good players come through. Um, so talk to me a little bit about this Anglers roster. You're going to see them tomorrow at Lowell Park. They open up against Katuit. Um Talk to me a little bit about this team and, you know, who you find to be the most interesting hitters, who are the big names, um, who are the JUCO transfers that could end up at Oklahoma State? Sure. So Coach Holiday's done an excellent job, I think, um, each year. I think this is his fifth, maybe fourth. He's a relatively new manager, I'd say, but not new at all in terms of familiarity with the league. So he's – the. He, his rosters on a year to year basis, they've been really impressive. I think he's just been bitten by guys hitting their innings limits, guys getting hurt. Just, I think just a string of bad luck because year in and year out, you see a ton of premier names on Chatham's roster. And, you know, this year is the exact same. I think that the two names that jump out to me are first is Brody Brecht from Iowa. And I know that he got a USA invite, but I received word this morning that he is on the Cape right now. So um, at the very least, he'll probably make a start or two, maybe three before Team USA. I think that with him just now focusing on baseball full-time as opposed to trying to do both football and baseball, he needs a full summer under his belt to, to kind of get some miles on his arm. And I'm not sure what else is there what else there is to be said about Brecht. I mean, 6'4 right-hander, super athletic, maybe the best pitcher for my money's worth in the 2024 draft class, fastball up to 102, 
with, I think, 270 breaking balls in a just a hellacious hard slider and then a equally sharp curveball. You just get a ton of swing and miss. The fastball, obviously, is an 80, both with its velocity and shape. Um, I think that he's the most exciting arm right now, I think, outside of Paul Skeens in college baseball and then certainly in the Cape this summer. So most excited for him on the mound. And then at the dish, we talk about the Oklahoma State connection a little bit. Nolan Schubart, Big 12 freshman of the year. He'll be in Chatham, 20 doubles, 17 home runs. The calling card with Schubart um, is obviously his mammoth raw power. He got some comparisons to Joey Gallo this fall, um, and I can see why. There is a little swing and miss, but again, mm-hmm. when he makes contact, it it absolutely flies. And with a left-handed hitter-friendly ballpark at Veterans Field, I could see a a six to eight or nine home run summer. And I know, you know, some people listening would be like only six to eight or nine home runs. You know, that's not a lot, that's a but lot. <laughs> in the Cape, that's a ton. That's saying that probably Nolan Schubert might lead the league in home runs. So um, he has that type of upside with the bat. And um, it's a, that's a very exciting one, two punch offensively. And, um, and on the bump, I don't know if Brecht will make it through the whole summer, but I think Schubert will. So, yeah, uh, those two, I'm I'm really excited to see. You know, and that's a that's a great one too. I'm I'm excited that you brought up Breck and said he's on the Cape. Um, that's one where you're you're gonna have to tell your buddy Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking to third person <laughs> when when he potentially could be going because you know who the starter is tomorrow. It's not Brett. Um, no, so tomorrow but I will be out there when he starts. I I can guarantee you that. Oh, I think you'll be there. I'll be there. I think anyone who is able to get to Cape Cod via car, train, or plane will be there when Breck toes the rubber. So um, I, I well, hope that <laughs> – I know. I hope it's soon. But, um, but no, I'm excited about him. And then a Juco guy that – and ironically enough, he is committed to Oklahoma State, so it fits, uh, it fits what you were saying <laughs> well. But a Juco guy that I'm excited about is Xavier Casarella from Seminole State um powerhouse out in the midwest and he was initially at wichita state was a highly touted freshman he was a guy that you and i were talking about um last fall you know he had a he was wichita state's best hitter as a true freshman lightning quick hands thunderous raw power exit velos were nutty uh had a really good season at seminole state at 380 with 25 doubles and 24 home runs so it's going to be a big step up going from the juco level to cape cod but um, he's, I think the most exciting Juco bat. him and Sam Antonacci from Heartland who hit around 500. Uh, those two Juco guys are, are the two headliners, I think on the Cape. Yeah. And so is there a chance that, uh, Casarelli, uh, could get drafted again? Um, he was a 20th think- round pick in 2021 out of high school by the Cardinals. Um, and he's eligible because he's a Juco guy. Um, so that he's, he's he's pretty interesting because he, he would be draft eligible this year, but it's just a matter of like, does he, does he end up on campus? Yeah. So he's eligible. And I'm sure that some teams haven't turned in um, after the excellent season that he had. But I think um, when all of a sudden done, he'll end up at Oklahoma state and have, and, and put up what I think will be pretty impressive power numbers at Obrate stadium and, and go somewhere maybe on day two in 2024. I know projecting that far out is, is almost, excuse me, impossible. But, um, you know, he'll be on some team's radars this year. Um, but ultimately, I think he ends up in Stillwater. 
So I'm going to give you the very difficult task now of talking about Coach Roberts and the Couture. <laughs> uh, an organization that you've been um, pretty familiar with, pretty close to uh, throughout your, your journey here. It's actually where I met Peter. Um, I think most of the, every, mostly every time I've ever seen you has been at Lowell Park um, or at an opposing team stadium, but a majority of them have been there. Uh, this is kind of your summer home away from home to a degree. So talk to me a little bit about this squad. Looks like you do have um, some returning studs. You tell me who's going to end up making the team. I know I am very excited just based on depth um, around a few guys, but one in particular would be uh, Cannon Peebles, catcher from North Carolina State. I don't know if he's going to end up making it. And then Malcolm Moore of Stanford, um, two really exciting names. You got a lot of good catchers in this roster. Just to still have Caleb Lomavita, who was a standout for you guys last year. I thought one of the better uh, catchers in the Cape, really talented middle infield. Um, and actually got more catchers than that even. So talk to me about, are you going to have an entire roster of catchers? There's like six catchers here that all like should start. <laughs> so I think it'll be another good summer for, uh, for coach Roberts and the Kettleers um, year in and year out again, sort of similar to Brewster and Boren, they're always in the mix for a championship. Um, and this year is no different. I think what you highlighted Cannon Peebles is someone that um, I think is going to be a really good hitter. Um, you know, there are questions about, I, I think questions about him behind the plate. And I think that coming up and getting a summer full of reps at catcher will do him a lot of good going forward, but hit 352 at NC state with 11 doubles and 12 home runs can really swing it from both sides of the place. A little similar to Bodine actually at coastal Carolina um, freshman switching and catcher who's uh, who really performed this year. But I think that Peebles was a, a borderline draft guy out of high school. He got top five round interest. The bat was a, a top three round bat again, as just, positional concerns. So I think that this summer is big for him in that sense. And then Rodney Green Jr. out of Cal Berkeley hit 293 with 11 doubles and 14 home runs. There's legit five tool upside with Green. There is some swing and miss to his game, which he'll have to clean up, but plus runner 29 for 31 in stolen bases, borderline double plus, supreme athlete out in center field, um, excellent defender. I think that the easy comparison here for Green is former Cal outfielder Dylan Beavers. Um, who's a, a super twitchy left-handed hitter in the Orioles organization. Uh, Green has that same low handset, really easy whip and looseness in his wrist. And it almost just looks like he's flicking balls around the yard. So I think that those two guys are, are who I'm most excited about to watch and get to it. And then with Malcolm Moore and Christian Moore, the Moores, um, there is, I, I, I think the strong possibility of team USA there. Um, so I, I'm not sure how much they will be there, but um, on the pitching side, I think obviously Cam Schulke is someone who is, I think as good a reliever in the Cape league, who knows with guys like Michael Massey and other arms that um, sure. the respective organizations are bringing, but Schulke is a track record, one reliever of the year uh, recently committed to Mississippi state will throw from a high three quarters sidearm and, complete submarine slot so he's a true multi-slot guy 
Um, I think that his slider is the calling card. It is a legit sweeper, almost looks like a wiffle ball. Um, and he's going to be, um, I think, very tough on opposing hitters. And then a little bit of a deep sleeper, I think, at this point is Reese Wissinger from Southeastern, NAI powerhouse. They won the national championship in 22. I think they were the runner-ups this year or semifinalists this year. But regardless, I think probably the best NAI program out there. 0.86 ERA for the fire, 81 Ks to 10 walks in 41 innings. Throws his fastball 80% of the time up to 96. He'll also mix in a, a, a slurvy breaking ball. Um, so getting him in this type of setting is, I think, very big for him. And I'm, I'm, he, he's someone that, again, similar to a bat at the JUCO level, um, he shoved against not Cape League talent uh, this, this spring. But I'm excited to see what he does against power five hitters. Very good. Anything else you wanted to add on uh, the old cats before we move on to the next group? Because you actually have, I'll say, because very selfishly, the first few weeks of the season are very interesting for me. I get to see some top, some looks on some top draft picks for the next year, but also like those five to 20 round guys that I call it. There's a lot of NDFAs as well, but you know, the, 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 the Gordon Graceffo types that end up popping up in pro ball that I get to see prior to the draft or, you know, the chase me just to kind of mention some names here. Of course, we had a high end one with you guys last year with Cam Collier, but um, this gentleman was, was injured during the season, but, you know, potentially could be um, one of the bigger names uh, that's Davidson catcher, um, Michael Carrico, if I'm saying that name correctly. Um, he's really interesting to me. And then I know that you guys have Joe Whitman actually starting opening day from Kent State, who I believe is also draft eligible. Talk to me a little bit about these two guys before we move on to the next squad, because I think for some folks, the draft Knicks out there, the guys that follow pro ball like myself, because that's really my job. <laughs> um, they're really interesting to me because it's just nice to get a look on some players like this, especially mid-majors. Might have not have watched them and getting that familiarity over those few weeks leading up to the draft is, is invaluable for me. Sure. So some guys, I think that you and the listeners could see an affiliated baseball in a little over a month's time, maybe two months, obviously Carrico from Davidson and then Joe Whitman from Kent state Carrico only 80 at bats this spring at Davidson, but bat first catcher hit 350 with a limited sample size, 13 extra base hits um, really sound approach. The catching is still coming along. I think that's just the product of him getting reps back there. Um, average thrower, the, the defensive and blocking ability is coming along. Um, so again, in a college class that's thin on catching, he's a guy who I think goes in the top three rounds, maybe a team, depending on how he does in his month, month and a half up here, reaches four at the end of day one. Um, but I think certainly in the top three rounds and then with Joe Whitman, he's someone who really blow up, blew up this fall or excuse me, this spring at Kent state as at least one Mac arm seems to do every year. He was the one this year. Two five ERA with 100 Ks and 81 innings, one Mac pitcher of the year. Fastball has taken a big jump, has really cleaned up his delivery and has added some physicality to his frame. Fastball up to 97 with a plus slider. And then the changeup is a developing pitch and it's developing fast. And I think that down the road it has the potential to be plus. And so I think with Whitman, it's really good three starter upside, maybe even maybe even a two starter down the road, if that changeup can keep progressing. Um, and then again, you talk about with 
Carico, how the college class is thin on catching, the draft as a whole is thin on left-handed pitching and most more more specifically left-handed starters. And so we kind of talk about candidates that could go day one as a left-handed starter. Um, and I think Whitman jumps out if he comes up and makes three or four really good starts on the Cape. I think certainly a team will will take that in in the second round at some point. So those are the two main ones. And then Brock Rodden at a, at a Wichita State, one American player of the year. He'll be up for a couple of weeks, I think. He hit 370 with 18 doubles and 17 home runs. Just a really twitchy player. Plays the game really hard. Is an excellent defender over at second base. Um, he's, uh, again, the comp is easy because of who the coach is, but it, it's not hard to see some Brian Roberts in his game. So <laughs> I think... He got drafted in the 10th round last year by Oakland, opted to return to school. He doesn't have a lot of leverage as a 23-year-old senior. Um, but I think as a 5th to 8th round money saver, he's going to be a, a prime candidate for that. And then a recent addition to the roster is Quinn McDaniel from Maine, um, who I think, again, similar to Rodden, not as old as Rodden, but really good on the right side of the infield. The batch of ball skills are his calling card. Um, and then he's a mid-major banger. He hit 350 with 14 doubles and 16 home runs, plus runner who swiped 32 bases. So a lot of draft guys yeah. um, to be excited about and and to get some looks at in the first month, month and a half of the season. Yeah, and I, I totally uh, I totally had missed that, that uh, Rodden was on the list as well. He's a guy that stands out like, for huge data and you know other reasons so um definitely a name that i'd be tuned into just give me a one a one or two word answer because you're giving me a name unless he's got three names then you can give me a three-word answer who is the uh eric brown nick gonzalez tommy troy who's going to be your standout first round second baseman this year Ooh, that's those are those are a few tough names for, for anyone to live up to. Um, but I think on the right side of the infield, depending on how team USA goes, if he gets an invitation or how far Tennessee goes, Christian Moore is, is someone to be really excited about to have circled. Um, he hit, he's hitting over 300 right now for the balls. Um, can, can run and defense is coming along on the right side. And then Emilian Petre out of Kentucky, he hit or is hitting cause they're still playing. Um, hitting around 330, really good batch of ball skills, strong defender. Um, I don't think if it, I don't think anyone's going to quite be a Nick Gonzalez or Tommy Troy, which is not an <laughs> insult to them because that that bar is set at MVP of the league. Um, which isn't to say that they can't win it, but um, those are I, I think that they'll have they'll have strong summers. As we roll into uh, the fifth team here in this preview. Let's talk a little bit about the Falmouth Commodores. Um, I'd say one of the central teams of the league. Um, you know, the league offices, a lot of stuff is kind of based there in Falmouth, if I'm not mistaken. And they have the longest tenured manager, if I'm not mistaken, either, in Jeff Trundy. So talk to me a little bit about the Commodores, who's some players that you like on this roster that are actually going to get here. Because they have they have Jack Caglione <laughs> under contract. <laughs> I doubt we see Jack on the Cape ever, but I could be wrong. I, I hope they prove me wrong. I, I think between the Gators uh, with 
with how their season is, is panning out and um, a team USA invite. I don't think he'll quite make it, which is disappointing, but there are still a lot of exciting names as there usually are in the Commodores. A lot of good underclassmen. Um, one guy who just got added today who I'm excited about is Gavin Turley from Oregon state. Got off to a really slow start, got off to a really slow first couple of months, honestly. And then, you know, in the last couple of series and then in postseason play for the Beavers, he just, he exploded. He ended up hitting 309 with 14 home runs. He's a, I think someone with five tool upside, you talk about one, one candidates for the 2025 draft, which is a lifetime away. It seems like, but he's absolutely on that list or at the very least in that conversation, uh, lightning quick hands to the plate. Big time bat speed, um, strong arm out in right field, and and can really run. He's someone out of Hamilton High School in Arizona who got top two round interest as a high school senior in 2022. So um, I think that getting him to Falmouth and and who I think will be there for the whole summer um, because I think he just missed out on a Team USA invite in my mind. But um, I, I I think that he's one to watch. And then also for the doors, I really like Kyle DeBarge out of Louisiana, the shortstop for the Raging Cajuns. Um, he he was excellent all year. Uh, I think, oh gosh, what did he end up hitting? Um, I think he hit around, I mean, he hit 370 for him this year. 15 doubles and seven home runs can really pick it at shortstop. Above average runner who stole 18 bases. Super quick twitch guy. Um, he hasn't gotten a Team USA invite yet, but I think he's certainly deserving of one, and that's not out of the question. But selfishly, just to be able to watch him all summer, I, I hope he doesn't get one. But um, those are the two main ones that 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 really have me fired up. I like your uh, I like your selfish, I want to watch the best players mentality because I, too, fall into it as I curse the uh, – collegiate national team as everybody else at BA cheers it because they all live in North Carolina and can go and see those guys. This is like, this is my one chance. Give me this. You have 50 <laughs> minor league teams and like a, a third of the, of the, of the regional uh, qualifying teams all are within like a hundred mile radius of the triangle. Like how, like were there 15 teams from like the Carolinas that, <laughs> That <laughs> made the made the tournament this year. Like, give me a break. Like, give me something here. You know, don't take all my good players. But <laughs> with that being said, um, interesting. Found was always an interesting team. That might be where I end up going tomorrow night. We'll discuss at the end of the pod. Right now, we're gonna take a quick break, Peter. We'll be right back, and then we're gonna dive into the second half of the league. What do you say? Let's do it. Perfect. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, and we are back. Jump. We've done the first five teams already. We're going to jump on to the next five and wrap this sucker up. This will be our preview. We're going to talk about Harwich. Arguably the best concession stand in the Cape. I know there's other people who are going to argue with that. Root beer. I'm saying it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good concession stand. It's one of the few places that when I go, I want to actually eat something. And and it's not just because I'm incredibly starving, and I know that I'm going to end up eating McDonald's if I don't eat a dollar dog. Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> dollar dogs always make me laugh. Dollar dogs, and they make that announcement uh, at the vet. But Harwich, beautiful field. This is where the All Star Game is going to be this year. I'm excited about that because there's plenty of parking, good locale. Um, I think this is my favorite like area of the Cape, Harwich. Um, Brewster, Orleans, Chatham. I kind of like those, that, that Eastern Cape feel, you know, less rocky beaches, a little bit more fun, um, at least for me. That's where I go when I go to the beach. I go to these towns. So that being said, let's talk a little bit about uh, Coach Steve Englert's um, team. He's had really talented teams over the last couple of years. 2021, they made it to the finals and lost to Brewster. He had Brock uh, Wilkin as a freshman who had one of the all-time great seasons in the Cape. Um, and they had a really talented uh, pitching staff as well, led by Trey Dombrowski as well as others. So talk to me a little bit about this Harwich roster. Who stands out to you? Who should we be keeping an eye on? Yeah, another strong team is, is what's been the theme in Harwich for however long now. Um, this year they got They've, they've gotten bit, I think, a little bit by Team USA with guys like J.J. Weatherholt getting an invitation and and others sure to be on the way. But a couple of guys right now who might be, in my mind, I think nationally a little unknown or under the radar, but I think by the end of the summer will be national commodities both in the 2024 draft landscape and college baseball as a whole. It's a pair of infielders with Ali Camarillo from Cal State Northridge. Um, he hit 370 this year for the Batadors. Can really, really pick it at shortstop. He's an excellent defender, comfortable throwing for multiple arm slots. Um, and he flat out raked this year at CSUN. So he's in the portal right now. One of the, I think, more highly touted names in the portal. Um, and he he hit really well at CSUN, and I think that this summer is going to be really big for him. And then the other is Seaver King, the recent Wake Forest commit, who committed to Wake Forest via the transfer portal. Um, he, he transferred from Division II powerhouse Wingate in North Carolina. And, man, he when you talk about upside with King, he's he's got some of the most of it in the Cape. He is an explosive athlete, super twitchy operation at the plate, 
Um, he hit 411 at Wingate with 20 doubles and 11 home runs. He's an excellent runner. Uh, max exit velocity is upwards of 112 miles an hour. He actually turned in 70 grade run times. Cleaning up the glove and cleaning up the actions on the dirt will be key, but I have no doubt between Harwich and Wake Forest that he'll be able to do just that. So uh, those are those are two names that I think are really going to pop. Yeah, that's interesting. It's funny, like they they seem to be like the portal team because um, just looking at this, they also have uh, Kennedy Jones, who I think is an interesting name, um, who entered the portal as well, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, he did. have like three of the best players that are in the portal. <laughs> of course, one of them's already committed in Seaver King, but I know because of when the D2 season ended, he was in the portal earlier than D1 players were because the season has to be over if I'm getting all of the, the rules and regulations right here. Um, so he was like the first big name in the portal that was getting some buzz. As you said, he's going to be headed over to Wake Forest next year, which is with his power. I mean, that's going to be a great place for him to, to, to potentially hit. It's going to be great to see him this summer, though. I'm really excited about that one. So pretty good stuff. Any other names that you wanted to bring up here with Harwich before – we move over to uh, the breakout squad and organization. Um, one that's made a lot of headlines over the last year in Hyannis. Yeah. So gosh, with the Mariners, again, it's, it's tough to project on when these guys might come and if they might come, but Andrew Healy, uh, who actually got the start in today and today being Friday, he got the start for the blue devils in their first super regional game, six, six left-hander. Um, who will be software eligible in 2024. So this summer is big for him. Um, but 227 ERA, Duke, 42 Ks to just six walks and 39 innings. Um, I think that he'll make it up. So um, he he might be one of the premier left-handed starters uh, on the Cape this summer, I think. Very, very interesting. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Hyannis Harbor Hawks. They had a great season last year. After kind of be in the doormat of the league for the last couple of years. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn or saying anything that they wouldn't admit themselves. There was a big focus on sort of bringing in some analysts. A couple of those folks um, were hired by major league teams. I think another one who's actually on the roster as a pitcher and Johnny Davis. Um, we love ch chatting with Johnny about pitching um, when, we're out, when I'm out here on the Cape. Um, he's with assumption did a lot of the analytics work for that team. I think he's still involved in that, but he's actually on the roster as a pitcher as well. So I think that's kind of interesting, but certainly credit to their front office and the work that they've done. But who are the interesting names here that kind of jump out to you? I will say um, they potentially have the best football player on the Cape in Will Taylor. <laughs> no doubt. It's between him and Austin Over, who we'll touch on later, but yeah, with Hyannis, they really struggled for a while up until last year. I kind of view it as almost two different franchises. Um, they have it's the pre twenty twenty one or pre twenty twenty two era, and then twenty twenty two going forward. Full revamp. Uh, yeah. Nick Johnson was excellent in his first year as general manager. Same can be said for Coach Eric Beatty in his first year at the helm. So a completely new look in Hyannis and a, a big time turning over relief and. And they were excellent last year. I think the first name that really jumps out to me is Mike Sirota. Um, again, another guy who is on the Cape right now. I'm not sure how Team USA is, how that'll go for Sirota if he gets an invitation, if he doesn't. But right now he's on the Cape. He's activated. And 
he's going to play. And he hit 346 this year for the Huskies with 18 home runs, 19 for 21 stolen bases. Just super, super explosive hand speed at the plate. Projectable athlete at 6'3", 180 pounds. Um, can really defend in, in center field, which is where I think that he'll stick professionally, just given the speed and athleticism. Um, and he's just an auto barrel at the plate. You talk to opposing teams and, and how they might attack him, and they don't really have an answer. You can't really spin him. You can't pound him in with velo. He gets his barrel seemingly on everything. So he has as much upside as anyone on the Cape, potential top 20 overall pick, I think, um, in the 2024 draft. And then also with the Harbor Hawks on the pitching side, I act, I really like Cade Obermuller from Iowa. Um, Huge stuff. And yeah. yeah, and so Iowa with Coach McGrath, their pitching coach, they yes. are they're turning into I think a pitching factory um, at the national level. And Obermuller this year, you look at the overall snapshot of the stats, and you're kind of like, hmm, it's nothing insane, but with he. 36 strikeouts in 22 innings, um, fastball up to 94 from a really difficult low three-quarter slot. And the calling card for him is a ridiculous slider, 3,000 RPM type slider. It's a legit sweeper that if it's left on left, it'll start behind the lefty almost, and he can land it on the outer third for strikes. The key for Obamroller is just going to be hard, harnessing his command and, and throwing strikes, which I think that they'll be able to do. So those are two exciting players. Yeah. Um, to watch and then obviously Billy Amick out of Clemson who I mean he was as hot and as and had as good of his second half of the season as I think any hitter in the country he hit 413 this year after hitting just 105 and 19 at bats last spring um, for the Tigers with he hit 17 doubles and 13 home runs uh, really that's the ball travel easy juice to all fields um, consistently gets the ball up in the air with impact. So he's exciting. And then Will Taylor's another. I don't know how that works and how that will work with him still playing football at Clemson. Um, I don't know if he's going to show up given the timing of football practice, but sure. super, super, super exciting player. For my money's worth, I think the best pure athlete on the Cape. Um, it's hard to compete with a Clemson football wide receiver. Uh, and then the baseball skills are really coming along. He had 362 this year with um with 23 extra base hits 11 for 11 and stolen bases can obviously really run um and he's and he's progressing well defensively in the outfield so i think those are four uh four really exciting names to watch and hopefully taylor at least shows up for a little bit because i think it'd be really fun to um to see him get some reps on the on the diamond yeah no i totally agree he's a name i'm, I'm actually like all the names you mentioned are guys that i had sort of picked out Obi Mueller is another one like Brecht, like I guess I'm following on the Iowa pitching staff. He's like, I want to see guys with huge stuff, you know, huge upside, you know, you know, the type of players that I'm into. So those are all names that I want to go after. We're going to move over here to the Orleans Firebirds. One of the best game days. It feels like everybody in Orleans shows up to the park, to the park, to the yard to watch the Firebirds play. Tradition is old as time showing up at 11 o'clock in the morning and putting a blanket down in the hill so you can have a great spot to sit in with your family and watch a baseball game. Uh, Orleans is a ton of fun. I love going there. Love talking to, you know, Coach Kelly Nicholson, I think is one of the best guys on the Cape. Um, there's, you know, 
literally nobody that I would rather have a conversation with uh, than Kelly. Ran into him at the winter meeting because he lives out there in the San Diego area. Uh, and it was one of the high points in my winter meetings. It was like running into him with some old players and, you know, um, chatting with him for about 20, 30 minutes. And, uh, yeah, always, always look forward to catching up with him. Put some good squads on the field. And they got a lot of swag because they got Marcus Stroman making their uniforms. <laughs> so, um, but he's got the lighter connection. Jack never showed up. He's got Cam Lighter coming through. Al pops into Orleans. I believe he played at Orleans as well. Uh, he pops in, it seems like, once a summer to talk to the team. Um, talk to me a little bit about the Orleans Firebirds, the players that you're most excited about seeing. Um, they have some guys every year, even if they end up at Team USA. Like Jacob Wilson was a really exciting player to watch early last year. Um, Travis Honeyman ended up getting injured. Unfortunately, it seems like it's always the case with Travis Honeyman. Um, but he was a lot of fun to watch as well. I know he was getting like early best player on the Cape buzz over the first couple of weeks. And then that didn't unfortunately come to fruition. They're an exciting squad. Talk to me about some players on the Firebirds that you're going to be looking forward to watching. First off, to your point, um, Coach Nicholson is a – in my mind and in a lot of people's minds, I think uh, just an 80 grade human being, um, yes. one of the best baseball guys, not only in the Cape, but in the game as a whole. Um, I think we could do a whole podcast on how great Kelly Nicholson is, but uh, on his squad this summer, staying with the dual sport athletes. I love Austin over out of Southern California. He, it's a, I, I say a bummer. Uh, all of our North Carolina-based co-workers are probably rejoicing right now, but uh, he just got an invite to Team USA as of like 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> but he's on the Cape, but he's on the Cape. He'll play, I think, similar to Jacob Wilson and maybe come back because similar to Brecht, I think he needs to, a, a full baseball workload between the spring and summer. But nonetheless, hit 314 this year at Southern California, led the nation with 14 triples. The calling card with him is his excellent speed and athleticism and i mean you watch him hit at the plate it's just like it is big time big time hand speed as quick as it comes um around the country and so getting him to orleans i think is is going to really pay dividends early on and then perhaps in the second half of the season for coach nicholson and it was funny the two names i had picked out we you sort of touched on and the other one was cam lighter out of central florida he had a an outstanding last couple of months, last month and a half of the season. Um, finished with 80 strikeouts in 56 innings. Sub-5 ERA is currently in the transfer portal where I think he'll probably end up as a weekend starter at a Power 5 school um, either at, at next spring. Um, I think that the interest with him is very high. He's actually a bigger body than Jack. He's his cousin Jack. Cam is 6'4, 200 pounds. Um, fastball up to 96. So not quite the premier velo as Jack, but similar, uh, you know, thunderous fastball. And then he supplements it with a with an above average changeup. So I think against wood bats, um, that's that's stuff that's really gonna play. And then looking down the road a little bit, Brandon Neely from Florida. Uh, the Gators closer, I think, is um, going to be really exciting to have, depending on when slash if he comes. Uh, 61 Ks in 44 innings, explosive 96, 97 mile an hour fastball that has run and ride through the zone. And then someone to keep an eye on, again, who's a sleeper right now, but I think that 
is going to be one of the more exciting players on the Cape this summer is Joe Oyama from UC Irvine. He's from Okinawa, Japan. He transferred from Merced College out west, and last summer in the West Coast League, he won co-MVP after hitting 347 with seven doubles and eight triples and 44 stolen bases. And this year for the Anteaters, he, he, he carried over his hot hitting. He had 320 with, again, I think it was 19 or 20 extra base hits, stole 14 bases. Excellent batch of ball skills. He's a fun player to watch. He's a knack to make an exciting play. He's a good defender over on the right side. So I think that he's going to be a real spark plug atop the Firebirds lineup. Absolutely. Another exciting one. All right. We go. A little Firebirds talk. Little little Kelly Nicholson love, which I think is something we got to do. We should try to get Kelly in the pod at some point. It's probably a good idea. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's got a lot of all-time great quotes, too. I think he'd be fun just to, just to chop it up with. No, absolutely. Um, all right, let's jump on to the next one here. Second to last, the penultimate preview. That's Wareham. And, man, every time I look at this roster, they sign a long players one. than anybody. There's like 60 players on this roster. So just give me a few. I don't need. We don't need to go through all 25. <laughs> it, it's a long one. But, again, kind of whittling out. Uh, weeding through all of these names, there are a few that jump out. I think you got to start with uh, Cam Canarella at Clemson. Man, the, talking through these teams, Clemson is really, really well positioned for, I think, a while. But that's a that's a topic for a different podcast, maybe with Teddy. Um, I'm but, glad they were eliminated, though. I know because now I, we get all these players. <laughs> I know. Selfishly, we get these guys early, which is which is good for Sorry, us. Clemson I don't fans. know if. They, I don't know if the Clemson guys are necessarily super fired up, but uh, <laughs> again, a lot of really good players. Cam Canarella, ACC freshman of the year after hitting 388 with 16 doubles and seven home runs, uh, was their everyday guy in center field where, again, in similar to a Mike Sirota at Northeastern, supreme athleticism and speed are his calling cards. Knack to make an exciting play out in center field, robbing home runs. Um, strong defender where – Again, just the speed and athleticism really play. 24 stolen bases. Super hitterish at the plate. It's evident just watching his operation in the box. He's super comfortable. Outstanding feel for the barrel. Um, and again, Team USA, it's kind of you're waiting for that shoe to drop where he gets an invite, if he gets an invite. Um, but for the time being, he's a gateman. So I'm excited about that. And while Wood Bats and the Cape, for freshmen, it's going to be a real adjustment, and there will be some growing pains for Cam Canarella, just like there will be almost every player in the league. But I think that he projects to to have a really strong summer and, and again, be one of the headliners on the Cape. And then on the other side of the mound, it, Team USA just – they take all these guys. But um, Eldridge Armstrong from San Diego State, the late-inning reliever for the Aztecs this year, uh, he got his invitation, I think, a few days ago, but was really, really good at SDSU. Three two four ERA with forty six Ks in, I believe it was forty one and two thirds innings pitched. Um, I'm trying to think of pitch traits, but um, yeah, Armstrong is going to be really good out of the back end of the bullpen for the game, and he's a guy similar to Breck. I have confirmation it is he is physically on the Cape, so. Um, he will throw, I just don't know for how long, fastball up to 95, throws at 63% of the time, 
Um, it's an offering he supplements with a, with a really, really good um, low to mid eighties slider that gets 42%, which with it, which has a miss rate of, I think 42%. So um, those are the two that I'm most excited about on a lengthy Gateman roster. Um, they have a few pre-draft guys that um, I'm looking forward to catching Spencer Nivens, data darling again, namely for Missouri state. I'm excited about um, he kind of leads the way for those pre-draft guys. And then um, I thought there was one other, but that's it. Uh, but it'll be a, I think a good summer and a summer of growth for first year skipper coach Ryan Smith. Um, a lot of exciting names. Yeah, no, absolutely. So there you go. Yeah. New skipper out there as well. I believe another member of uh, Jamie Shevchik's Brewster staff too now. Yeah. The league now is 30% coach Shevchik coaching tree, which is very impressive in and of itself. He's, He's like the Bill Parcells of the Cape League. <laughs> exactly. I'm old enough to say Bill Parcells. I guess you could probably say like Belichick, but at least Parcells has Belichick under his tree, so like it makes it sound a little bit better. I'm trying to make I'm trying to make Jamie sound better. So <laughs> there you go. He, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He'd appreciate the 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 Parcells love, I'm sure. Um, we'll see. All right, we got our last one here, Peter, and then I'm gonna let you go. You can get back to watching Super Regionals. I'm going to tune into and watch some Super Regionals. We didn't even go that late. We're only a little bit over an hour, and I wasted like at least six minutes at the top of this, this podcast talking about absolutely nothing. So we go now <laughs> to Coach Pickler's Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. I think from like a fan perspective, if you're going to a game with your family, I think YD is a great place to go. There's parking typically. There's pretty decent food that you can get there. They have a great game day environment. There's sort of like fields and areas that like kids can play if they're less interested in the game. Um, I think my kids probably have the best time either here or at Chatham with the playground and then like the scrimmages with the baseball field behind the baseball field. Um, but they have a blast at YD. I love going there. I think it's a great culture and sort of environment there. Um, credit to that organization and all the folks, the volunteers, everyone's involved in that year after year. I kind of love all these teams for specific reasons. I love the Cape. It's my thing. But that being said, talk to me a little bit about YD's roster. They always have a couple of pitchers. They always have a couple of sneaky West Coast hitters. Who are those guys this year? Who is it that that you think we should be focusing in on um, with the YD Red Sox? So in typical Coach Pickler fashion, um, who's, again, one of the one of the best skippers on the Cape, most notably – won three championships in a row from 2014 to 2016. Um, it's very West Coast centric. For me, again, I'm going to talk about a pair of portal guys. Surprise, surprise. But the first guy that really jumps out at me is Wahiwa Aloy, um, who formerly was a Sacramento State Hornet, freshman All-American after hitting 376 with 15 doubles, five triples, and 14 home runs. Really nice swing, a super exciting player. I don't know how long he'll be on the West Coast for. Um, but, and then the other one is Air Force late inning reliever, or formerly Air, Air Force's late inning reliever, Sawyer Hawks, um, 284 ARA for the Falcons with 70 Ks and 50 innings, uh, upper, up mid to upper nineties fastball. That's been up to 96 with carry through the zone plays really, really well when it's elevated. That's when it's at its best. 
He's also got a sharp downer curveball that has pretty big depth that I think is flash plus and has out pitch potential. So those are the two guys that I'm really excited about for, for coach Pickler. Um, I'm sure that they're, that he's got some others that he's excited about. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the roster as a whole, kind of with all of these teams, you look up and down it. Um, as we mentioned up at the top, you could talk about any player that's signed to play in this league, sure. whether they're a permanent player or a temp yeah. player. They're, they're the best of the best. And um, YD is no different, I think, although he'll be playing USA and um, is still playing currently in his college, Braden Montgomery is signed to return. The sophomore from Madison, Mississippi, the sophomore two-way player, more of a hitter now than pitcher, I'd say, but still beautiful left-handed swing, even though he's a switch hitter. I love the left-handed swing um, more than I do his right-handed swing. He had 330 with 17 home runs for the Cardinal. Uh, I'd say a strong 70 arm in right field. It is unbelievable arm strength um, for Montgomery. And then a potential sleeper that I was kind of tipped off about last summer that um, he had a great summer in the Northwoods League, is Nick Mitchell from Western Illinois, the 5'10 sophomore outfielder. He had 354 this year for the Leathernecks with 24, with, excuse me, 17 doubles and four home runs. Really hitterish traits, great bat-to-ball skills, can, can handle the bat, and has excellent feel for the barrels. So I think that he's going to be spraying line drives all over Red Wilson Field this summer. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. We just went through all 10 Cape League teams, gave you a couple of names, a little background, some fun conversations to go through. I know you're going to be at Lowell Park yes, uh, yesterday. You're going to be at Lowell Park tomorrow on Saturday, the 10th, the opening of the league. I got to decide where I'm going, man. I'm not sure. I could go anywhere. So I don't know. I mean, like, do I go to Falmouth and see Falmouth and Wareham? Do I go to Hyannis and see Hyannis and Orleans? Do I make the, oh, those are two good matchups? The haul out to White House Field, maybe go to Stony Brook. I don't know. Um, I think in my options, I kind of want to know who's starting because, like, if I have any interesting starters there, I'm going to go to that game. <laughs> That's you know? the key with the pre-draft stuff. You get so many good pre-draft yes. arms, potential top 10 round draft picks. So I think that's what you got to make the decision on. But in just looking at these teams and, yeah. and talking through them, and then also geographically what might make the most sense and what might be easiest, Orleans and Hyannis and Wareham Falmouth at six. Those are two, those yeah. are going to be two really good matchups, I think. So those would be my top two. And then to decide, gosh, I think it would just come down to the starting pitching. Yeah, same deal. But we're going to see if any of those get posted any of them uh, end up on our uh, our list of, of Cape League uh, scouting uh, accounts on Twitter, if they tell us anything. <laughs> I'd love to know. Try to find out. If anybody knows anything, please let me know. Let me know. Hey, yeah, you know who's going, tell me. Because I, I got to figure it out. Sell me. Uh, I will be somewhere tomorrow, though. First couple of weeks of the season, I'll definitely be hammering it. Um, you'll be here throughout this week. And then the following week, when do you hand out to Omaha? for the college world series i leave on i believe the 15th or the 16th but i'll be out there for nine or so days it'll be a nice trip to omaha i'm i'm cannot explain how excited i am for it um and i'm very very lucky and fortunate to be able to go out there all right cool yeah so i'm more or less going to be on the league for like probably like the first three weeks of the season like heavily 
kind of seeing what's going on. We'll get some looks this week. You fly out. You'll be gone the next week. I'll be there around that time, and uh, we'll go from there. So I guess the first two weeks, but, you know, we'll see. And then uh, I'll be supplementing that with some pro stuff. But, Peter, thank you for joining me. This has been the Cape Cod Pod. Make sure you tune in. I love it. Uh, <laughs> review, like, subscribe. We'll be doing this every week throughout the season and uh, go from there. It's, I'm excited. I'm excited to be on a podcast talking about the Cape League and not just informing people on the low-hanging fruit, getting into the nitty-gritty, and there's nobody better that I'd uh, rather be doing it with than you, Peter. So there you go. I'm getting sappy and sentimental. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you.